back. back. Woo! Oh my goodness. <laughs> Welcome back to Going for Two with Jack Taylor. I'm so excited. I'm it's so been excited. 100 days since we released an episode. Yeah. And I mean, you know what? We're not going to talk about why we weren't here. Because you know what? We're back. We are back. And it, it is, is baseball it is, season. It's a beautiful day in Starkville, Mississippi. And we had snow last week, 80 degrees right now. And oh my gosh, it's baseball season. What, what a great time. Whew. And as always, the one thing to remember, it's not the heat that'll get you. It's the humidity. Yeah, remember that last week when it was like 9 degrees in the morning? Yeah, that humidity was just getting you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, guys. So today, we're going to go, we have a few main topics. Yeah. You know, we're going to talk about the team situation. We're going to talk about this week coming up. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about a little bit of the SEC. And then, you know, we always, most of our show is just Instagram questions. Yeah. I mean, and, we're gonna, that's gonna you know, be... even if we didn't get any, we'll just send them to ourselves and yeah. act like y'all send them to us. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has to know. Nobody's oh. going to know. <laughs> All right. Know. So <laughs> to start off the show, though, we really do want to talk about um, the most important topic, uh, flow sports. and. Yeah. How we hope we never have to deal with that again. Yeah, if um, no one canceled Flow Sports already, Go and this, cancel is, that this is your daily reminder to cancel Flow Sports. Yeah, the, both of us, uh, neither of us actually bought the Flow Sports subscription because why would we want to watch the top six teams in the country battle it out? Yeah, that, that sounds like a poor display of baseball at that point. Like, like you already know I don't care about college baseball, yeah. but the top ten, no. Not. Nobody wanted to watch that, I don't think. Yeah. So. Uh, but, I mean... Great tournament to start the season. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I told Hunter before the season started, before that tournament, uh, we could go 0-3 that weekend. And I would have, I mean, not been happy, but I would have understood. Because, yeah. you know, probably four of those teams are going to be in Omaha at the end of the year. And uh, I think we might be one of them. But what did you think about losing to the one team that I bet you would have thought we'd beat? <laughs> yeah, I really did not expect TCU to be the best uh, Big 12 team in that tournament. But you know what? Um they, they're the one team that got to win. They so. are. <laughs> okay, so I think going forward with this, uh, with baseball season, we're going to be doing one episode a week. I, there's really not enough content for two a week. Yeah. Not really watching all the college baseball games because, you know, ACC Network and Longhorn Network taking over the world. Yeah. We can't watch those. Yeah, we don't have access to, to all the games, so we'll be able to like see scores and things like that, but... Uh, and, and there's just too many college baseball games to be watching at mm-hmm. all times. Yeah, so we'll probably do these Thursday or Friday, depending on when the uh, series starts. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah, it'll be kind of a bridge between the midweek games and the season, the series that weekend. And so we'll be able to uh, talk about whatever midweeks happen, and um, hopefully we win all of those. But you know what? We'll be able to talk about it either way and then lead up into the, uh, into the series that's coming up, and that'll especially be fun when it gets to SEC play. Yeah, it will. Okay, so... First thing, a, a lot of conversations on Twitter this week about the ticket situation. Yeah. Started off seeming like there was 30 student tickets <laughs> being sold. Turns out there's closer to about 200 probably Two, for each yeah, game. Maybe. Um, we both went to the game yesterday. Yeah. We had, had a good time. Had a really good time. There was the student screaming, da 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 da. Tanner Allen. Yeah. Poor um, TA. <laughs> no, but um, students don't normally not many people come to midweeks anyway so i wasn't really surprised to see that there weren't many people there yesterday this weekend will be kind of telling to see what a normal crowd is going to look like Mm -hmm. uh and this weekend might not even be a good one because it's supposed to be uh bad weather but you know these first couple weekends are going to show us what what this weird season is going to look like in college baseball 
Um, and Hunter and I actually got an opportunity to speak to Coach Lamonis yesterday uh, at the game, or just before the game started, and he said that each week they're going to try to add more student tickets and just have more people at each game. So uh, as the season goes along, we should see Duty Noble Field fill up, probably not to the capacity that we've seen before, surely not, but um, at least more than, you know, the probably 700 people that we saw yesterday. Yeah, so exciting. Hopefully by SEC play, we'll have a good amount of people in the student section. I think they already have the season ticket holders about it there, what they can do because, you know, it's fixed seats and stuff. Yeah. But students, yeah, they can they can add that up. Yeah. Okay, so getting on to our team overview, what do you think about our pitching? All right. This is probably the most excited I've ever been about Mississippi State pitching staff. We've got um, – I mean, I haven't seen it firsthand just because we haven't seen all our pitchers yet, surprisingly. I think we've seen uh, probably 20 pitchers, and I think we're about halfway there at this point. Um, but we've heard Coach Lamona say that we have 15 guys that can throw 95 or higher, which sounds absolutely ridiculous, but, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. Seen like two of them so far. <laughs> and we've got guys that are, you know, our slower pitchers that are throwing 91 to 93. Mm-hmm. So um, once, we, once we get into these big series, that's when we'll see – um, guys throwing for at least an extended period of time. They can c- throw 95-plus. And speaking of guys that can throw 95-plus, we've got that 6'5 guy from Canada, Eric Sarantola, who can probably get up to 98, honestly. Yeah. And we haven't even seen him pitch yet. Yeah, it was so. weird going through the biggest series of our year in, yeah. in the Texas. The biggest non-conference <laughs> series yet. And, and not having two of our starting pitchers and going 2-3 and three at that. I mean, 2-1. and one. Yeah, so that seems pretty good to do. So definitely to start the year, it looks like our Friday guy is going to be Christian McLeod. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, at least like I said for this these first few series, but um, I think we got some some ballers behind him. Too. Yeah, this week we have Sarantola on our Saturday, and then Sunday is old TBD. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's Bedner, maybe. Uh, we don't know who that third guy is because we saw Jackson Fristo uh, pitch a really good game. Fristo three. looks good in the blacks, too. Yeah, he really does. Um, we only saw him go three innings, but I mean, in a non conference tournament, you're going to, I mean, didn't especially a, early in the didn't year. Didn't let up a hit. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're going <laughs> to see guys, you know, go really short stints and um, <clears throat> just so we can see the bullpen work behind them. But I mean, he's, he's definitely a, a potential game three guy. Obviously, we have Carlisle Kessler, we have Will Bedner, um, Xavier Lovett. Through two innings has looked really good. Yeah, he honestly has, and he's he's not a guy who's going to strike people out. He doesn't blow the ball past them. He's just going to get ground ball outs and have quick innings. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited to see him eat up some innings, and uh, hopefully he'll get into SEC play. Yeah, hopefully. I, I really like our bullpen right now. But... And we haven't even talked about Landon Sims yet. Yeah, I mean, pitcher of the week. Pitcher of the week, Golden Spikes, performer of the week. I mean. He went four innings against Texas in that game one. and That was a dominant performance. Yeah, so he got uh, 12 outs. Ten of them were via strikeout. He didn't walk anybody, didn't give up a hit, and uh, had probably one of the best um, struts off the mound that I've seen since maybe JT Ginn shimmy in a few yeah, years ago. JT so. Ginn's. <laughs> but he just brought energy to the team, and I'm excited for him to do that uh, throughout the year because I think he, he's the guy for that. Yeah. And over the Texas series, um, we, we saw a man – called Rowdy Jordan. Oh my gosh. Absolutely pop off. Yeah, I mean, he, he might be a little guy, but he's he's packing a punch this season. The biggest park in the MLB, and <laughs> two just hitting tanks out yeah. there. And then Cameron James was really cold throughout the whole week, and then 
at the end he gets his bloop and single and then he comes in the two lane game and has the game of his life yeah i mean first inning home run really set the tone against jackson state and that's important in those midweek games because i mean the opposing team is always going to come in this is their biggest game of the year they're mm-hmm. playing at duty noble field against mississippi state they pitched their pitcher that threw a hundred pitches saturday yeah <laughs> and then you got us like obviously we're calling in a midweek game it's just it doesn't matter. It's not one of these big weekend series, so we don't really care about it as much. So setting the tone early is really important in those games. Yeah. Because you get behind, then you have to have an eight-run comeback, like have Elijah McNamee hit a walk-off home run against <laughs> Memphis or something. But, um, yeah, uh, bats have looked pretty good. I mean, it's early in the season. Just got to wait for people to kind of wake up and stuff. And then defensively, we've had a few errors. Like that. I think that's about normal. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I don't know a lot about baseball, but I, I could see how that would make sense. Yeah, we've seen it plague us in two games. The TCU game, uh, we probably win that game if we play clean in the field. Um, against Jackson State yesterday, it wasn't as big of an issue, but we did have uh, a few runs scored before Jackson State even got a hit just because of walks and errors. So I try to avoid that, but... Um, I did one thing though against Jackson State. We started Luke Hancock behind the plate as catcher, and uh, that's usually where Logan Tanner's going to be in a in a normal game, um, just because he's a better defensive catcher. And I think Logan Tanner's bat is is pretty good, but Luke Hancock is is locking is on, himself in for the DH role. He is on fire right now, so um, he'll, he'll definitely or I I say definitely. I hope he's batting uh, this weekend <laughs> against Tulane uh, because we really do need. Uh, another bat besides Rowdy that can yeah. hit the ball out of the ballpark. I agree. And having a center fielder that can hit home runs, I'm not, I'm not saying I prefer that to <laughs> to these slap singles that we got used to with Jake Mangum, but it is pretty awesome Dude, to see a leadoff hitter be able to hit I bombs. don't know. If Jake would have hit a bomb in Omaha, that would have ruined the rally. <laughs> Man. Um, what a horrible take by anyone who has ever had that take. Yeah, a little throwback to that. So in the Auburn game, ninth inning rally where we came back and walked off on them, the whole rally got started by Jake Mangum hitting the double, and somebody was like, I'm really glad it wasn't a home run because that would have been a real rally killer before the rally even started. You know, they would have hated to see Jake Mangum hit the, <laughs> Yeah, the leader of the team hitting his fifth career home run in, <laughs> in Omaha. Yeah, that would have been a real drive killer. <laughs> But so that being said, I mean, early in the year, we've, we've seen four games at this point. Defense is going to pick it up, I know, and we're going we're gonna to play cleaner games. Um, and, you know, we're going to see T.A. hit some bombs here in a little while. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, even when he's not hitting bombs, he still was, yeah. was productive yesterday. I mean, scoring runs, getting walked, uh, which is just what he does best. He, mm-hmm. he has the best eye at the plate out of anybody on the team. So uh, not worried about that at all. And like we said, our shortstop, Cameron James, has picked it up. And so hopefully that continues and just gets better as the year goes on. So Yeah. Um, this weekend we have Tulane coming into town. Yeah. That's, I mean, in terms of RPI, a top 50 team. Yeah. And, uh, so a, a series win, I hope for a sweep against them, and that'll be... That'll Should be pretty important for us. Yeah. Um, Tulane, they're 2-2 two and two right now, but, you know, it's early season. So, I mean, what do you know? Yeah. They, they could be great, they could be, eh, but, you know, they're top 50, they should, or they they were last year, and they still should be, yeah. so, yeah, it will be a great uniform matchup, though, no, absolutely. regardless of what happens. I mean, I think they might have the best powder blue uniforms of anybody in the country. I don't know of anybody else that we would play that wears powder blue, but... Um, There's a few little league teams that do that. I think so, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. That, that seems According trendy. to Jim, Jim Ellis and Ron Polk, uh, there is one little league team in Mississippi that wears those. Uh, that It's actually looking pretty good this yeah, year. Yeah, number one in the country. 
Yeah, uh, to just to expose that, we are talking about Ole Miss. Um, and uh, you mean Ole Miss? <laughs> and uh, that was a mistake that Jim Ellis made. A mistake. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Jim Ellis is a is a funny guy. He could he could have been what a legend. <laughs> he could have been saying that on purpose. But uh, that, honestly, I mean, you look at the top teams in the country, and you're going to see a lot of SEC yeah. teams. Uh, it's Ole Miss, Arkansas. Vandy and us, we're all in the top five. Florida is just knocking at the door. And after those five teams, it's it's pretty much a big gap before you get to anybody else in the SEC. Mm-hmm. You've got a few more teams that are ranked uh, in Auburn, South Carolina, um, maybe Georgia. But, I mean, those top five teams are... are- they're they're really good. Yeah. I mean, this is another year. I mean, it's it's another year in SEC baseball. You could have five or six teams in Omaha, but just uh, the way that the seeding and brackets are going to work, it's probably going to limit us to about three or four. Which dang, yeah. yeah. So, can we talk about Ole Miss's TikTok for a little bit? Just just a little bit. That that did happen this offseason. I know we mentioned it in football season, but it's baseball season now. <laughs> they're they're TikTok when it's not. The most cringe thing ever. It's, it's kind of funny, some of it. I, I'm not going to go on air and say that it's funny. I can't admit that. But we can say that we they haven't beaten us in, what, 1,200 days? And when we point that out to them, when Barstool, Mississippi State, points that out to them, oh, they have more TikTok Do you followers. think they'll come back with that? They may. I, I, I would have to assume that the intern that was responsible for that Maybe not Dude, that was fired. JRP. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, John Rice Plumley is running the account. And uh, <laughs> speaking of the golden child, um, he piano, had a home run. Piano man, yeah, he had a home run yesterday. So my only hope is that he just takes the team by storm, starts in right field, and when Ole Miss comes to start full, our student section just just gives him an earful for cyber three games. bullies. That <laughs> just gives him an earful for three straight games because. Some poor right fielder for Jackson State last night got heckled and committed two errors and got picked off at first base, you know. Poor guy. <laughs> I kind of felt bad. He did break up our no-hitters, so I think he deserved it. Yeah. But I can't imagine. I mean, I've been out there for a couple of games when, when right fielders are getting <laughs> getting what's coming to them, but John Rice Plumley being on the football team uh, – Getting benched, I, mean, I, I feel like that's more fuel for this fire. That's think coming. we can get Errol to come back and get in the right field. <laughs> Errol Thompson visiting his son. <laughs> bring bring your son to work day, maybe. Uh, man, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. I can't wait for SEC play, and I can only just hope for a small amount of normalcy for that. Um, but yeah, like like we said, I mean, SEC is stacked with baseball teams this year. Um, we are gonna have some really good uh, home series. We get to play Arkansas here. We're playing Ole Miss here. We get to travel to LSU, travel to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. Um, so, a lot, a lot of tough games, but we have a really good team, Hunter. Yeah, I, I agree. We're really good. And I think that's it for today's episode, except for Instagram questions. So, yeah. you want to go ahead and get into those? Absolutely. Okay, number one from Brooks Taylor. How filthy is our lineup? Our batting order is going to be good, I think. I mean, we're going to, from top to bottom, we're going to be able to hit for power. Uh, I think everybody but Scotty DeBrule has kind of proven that they can they can really drive the ball. I haven't seen much from him, but he's a really good defensive second baseman, so that's going to keep him in the lineup. Uh, hopefully we'll get, you know, maybe 275, 300 out of him. And, mm-hmm. 
we'll be able to hit from top to bottom. There will be some power uh, in, in little glimpses, I guess. Okay, and kind of next to that, if a guy like Rowdy or TA goes down, do we have players that can take their place? Uh, I think we do. I mean, obviously, I hope that, that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but I mean, you can have a guy like Brad Cumbus who can come in and, and play in the outfield, and he... This is why baseball is such a crazy game. Me and you were talking about this yesterday. Like, you have a guy like Brad Cumbus who's six five, and then Tanner Allen who's five ten, five eleven, and they play the same position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both do it well. Yeah. Like, and so Brad Cumbus, I mean, that's going to be just the same amount of power in the lineup. He can still hit. Still, I mean, surprisingly, still has some speed. And so um, I think Ta and Rowdy are both like really big leaders on the team. Mm-hmm. But um, if one of them goes down, we have guys behind him to, to pick him up. And there's also a guy. Braylon Skinner, who before the season started, I mean, he was projected to maybe be in the starting and lineup. And Pimentel can be an outfielder as well. Yeah. And we have a guy who was starting last night, uh, Drew McGowan. Mm-hmm. He was starting in left, who could probably shift over to center if something happened. But like we say, hope none of that happens. But I think we're a pretty deep team. Yeah, we'll bite that one. Okay. And I know I asked you this one last night at the game. What player is the spirit of this team? Uh, I touched on it earlier, but... I mean, even if though he is coming out of the bullpen, a guy like Landon Sims, I mean, could just be a guy that I mean, that'll just fire you up. As, yeah. a, as a fan, I'm not anywhere close to the game really, but I see a slow motion video of him just flexing <laughs> and strutting off the mound, and and I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Yeah. So, Landon Sims, you know, on the mound, and then you have a guy. I mean, the center fielder is going to be the leader of the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rowdy yeah. might be the spirit. I could agree with Rowdy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's a fun one. What will y'all's walkout songs be? Right. I think I'm actually going to let you start this one. Okay. What you well, got? You know, I can't be serious <laughs> if I'm walking up to a plate about to go strike out in three swings. So I think I'm going to go Mr. Clean by Young Gravy. <laughs> I can see it now. Just trying to get a pop out of the crowd. Yeah. And, and I'm very proud of you. I mean, if you're going to go down, go down swinging. Yeah. Like, I'm not watching strike three. It is not staying on my shoulder. <laughs> All right, um, I'll, I'll go for something that'll hype me up and get the crowd going. It'll be a little bit funny. Uh, and right before I just hit into this infield little blooper, I will walk out to a problem by Ariana Grande and Iggy Azalea. That song's and, a bop. And I, mean, I remember sitting in class in ninth grade and listening to the, like the top 100 songs Top hits. Mm-hmm. I, I would just that and fancy. <laughs> Shoot! <laughs> what, a, oh, what a time! What a time to be alive. And uh, if if Coach Lamont, I mean, we're I think I'd say we're getting pretty close to Coach Lamontis now. Yeah. Maybe he'll let us pinch hit someday, yeah, and th- we'll have those songs ready. So. You know, I won't strike out in two hits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what else we got? Okay. Um. <laughs> For the record, we're not getting that close to Coach Lamont. <laughs> no. Talk to that man more. <laughs> okay, from Drew Robinson. Who are some of y'all's favorite baseball players and why? Okay, so as a kid, I mean, still now today, I am a Braves fan, so most of my favorite players are going to be Braves players. Uh, Chipper Jones is one of my first um, baseball players I ever knew. Uh, more recent than that, I guess, uh, Jason Hayward who is now on the Cardinals or the Cubs, I think, um, and Freddie Freeman. So uh, three Braves guys, uh, just just awesome players that I grew up watching. And mm-hmm. The one time I ever went to a Turner Field to watch a Braves game, 
Chipper Jones was actually on a rehab stint in, in Gwinnett, so didn't even get to see uh, my favorite player play. But those three guys are first to come to mind. Okay. Because I have such an issue with how the MLB markets its players, I'm going to go with one of the easiest to market players in the entire league, Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. Look at his Instagram. Just do that, MLB. Like, and you would have more viewers. Also, let people watch the games. But yeah, or have a commission that actually likes the sport. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> right now in baseball, you, you have a commissioner who's trying to shorten the games. Um, just changing it completely. I mean, if I'm in Mississippi, I can't watch a game that's happening in California because it's Some restricted, reason. you know? Unless um, it's the Dodgers. Yeah. If I could just be blocked from watching every Dodgers game ever, <laughs> I would love that. But, Dude, um, but I got bar. <laughs> Tim Anderson's a good one, though. I mean, hey, Mississippi Juco product yeah. went to East Central. So that's a, that's a good one. And and I guess it is pretty tough to market baseball players when the probably the best player who's ever played the game Mike Trout is playing, and he's the most boring human ever. His, his last I, I would, name is his I would, personality. I would rather watch a, a literal trout play baseball. But Dude, that, that one time he robbed a home run was pretty hyped, though. That was pretty awesome. But he's just quietly <laughs> the best player who's ever lived, and they're not marketing it at all. So. I don't know how they don't do it. There's so many cool players, and none of them are getting marketed half as much as Zion is in the MLB. I mean, the <laughs> NBA. Sorry. Yeah. So. It's it's weird. What a weird time. Tim Anderson's awesome. Yeah. Okay, and I think that's all we got for Instagram questions today. So, yeah, it's a pretty fun episode. First time being back. Absolutely, and it's just fun talking about baseball. Mm-hmm. I know in in the fall you'd kind of take the uh, take the brunt of the episode. Just I will not about... be doing this now because I do not know anything about baseball. <laughs> and you'd do your your spreadsheets, and I'm not promising. I can actually promise you I'm not going to do spreadsheets for baseball because that would be ridiculous. People already make those. Yeah. <laughs> Analytics, you know, money ball. But, um, no, we are, we are just so excited to be back. It's it's fun just just recording again. I mean, um, having a good time and mm-hmm. talking about this. Hopefully I actually we'll, know we'll about. get back to where we were. We were doing pretty good for a little bit. Yeah. Um, anyone who's listening, please put this on your story when you're listening. Yeah. Try to get our viewers back a little bit. Yeah, Mom. I mean, I know you don't have too many followers that are interested, but, you know, you can still shout us out. <laughs> yeah, before we go, I do want to give a huge shout-out to our really good friend, Dylan Stockstill. He uh, gave us a logo for uh, Season 1 of Going for Two long before we even started. I mean, he just kind of whipped something together, and it turned out to be just absolutely incredible. And uh, he actually provided another logo for us for this Season 2, is what we're calling what a guy. it. As we're going to season, uh, our first season of baseball, but second season of going for two. So just a huge thank you to Dylan Stockstill. He does great work, and um, just really appreciative of that. Yeah. He's a really great friend. So um, with that being said, that's going to be it for the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope that you stick around for all of baseball season. Uh, hope we can get more people to the games. But until then, see you guys. Oh, this is the worst.